Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Silvati's podcast. This week, I've got Oren Lander joining me, who is an osteopath and naturopath and the founder of Kiara Naturals. Thank you for joining me today, Oren. Well, thank you for having me, Silvan. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this ability to connect to everyone all over the world through Zoom. It's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's also a bit awkward because then I find that a lot of people that I could meet, we just end up doing Zoom anyway. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because obviously we know each other from, from BCom. So we studied um, at the same university, albeit different years. And so I remember just you being this huge presence at BCom and just being this larger than life personality and this ability to almost fill a room just by being in it, um, yeah. which is so great to be around and so, such a great energy to be around. Uh, thank you, Sylvan. I uh, really appreciate that. Yeah. And so the reason why I wanted to talk to you, the, the compliments will be forthcoming. Just get used to them. No problem. I am ready. One of the things I want to talk to you about is, is life after BCom, of course, because everyone's path is so different. But also I want to talk to you about the company you formed and are working with Kiara Naturals as well. But firstly, what's life post BCom been like for you? Uh, well, it definitely goes through several phases. The first phase for me was incredible. Uh, you finish this four years of uh, working your butt off uh, for something that you're not really sure what it is, uh, but you feel, I mean, for me, it was the first uh, kind of a higher education structure. So I felt super empowered and, uh, you know, I got the gift of knowledge and you work really hard. And then you have this, like, or I had this period of like two months of just being with no responsibility no obligations, no deadlines, no coursework, uh, no people, if I didn't want any people. Uh, so that was definitely the first period. And I think a huge uh, part of that, which what made it so wonderful was that uh, the clinic in BCom is, is so wonderful and demanding at the same time that it was just a, a, my first time to realize how uh, drained I was and how taxing seeing at the end of the fourth year, uh, four patients, 11 patients a day. Uh, and, you know, there was really no space or time to kind of uh, see how much those people that some of them are really suffering uh, and some of them just take up a lot of your energy uh how much that really takes on you as a as a person uh so that was kind of the first period of two months which i was blown away and felt super wonderful with myself uh and then you crash and realize oh my god so so what what now uh like well, how do how do i start what do i do okay what did they teach me in, in BCom to, to like start, okay, so I, I got to get my Facebook and there's this whole, like, I got to open a professional page and I got to uh, email clinics and I, I left the UK immediately. So uh, the whole structure of what osteopathy is, is completely different where I'm from. I'm, I'm originally from Israel and 
uh, there is not a recognized profession uh, and anybody can call himself an osteopath and there is no uh, public health support from osteopathy uh, and there are no osteopathic clinics that you can join uh, if you want you start your own thing and and it's a market that's swept with alternative medicine and there's alternative therapy that's much more popular than osteopathy although it's startly gaining uh, and i was i was actually quite lost there uh, and there was also the 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 point of like okay you you meet people friends family people that get referred to you uh, in your room that you made seem a bit like a clinic, whether it's in your flat or if you rented a space thinking, okay, it, it needs to be professional looking. Uh, and then you realize, okay, it's not the become clinic. Uh, I, I've actually become kind of a checklist therapist. I do, I rely on my uh, kind of consultation form and then I do a b c d because it fit the the place where I was working until now but now it's not like that uh, and there's no one to talk to uh, and there's no one to bounce idea of ideas off there's no one to consult and uh, which is why I think also this this podcast is really amazing and comes up a lot you know that gap is is a huge gap uh, it I cannot overstate the the feeling of how alone I felt when I had to by you know couch roll uh, i don't know if you call it that uh like yeah, yeah. uh the pillows uh what pillows do i want what things do i hang on the wall uh so that was uh that was that was shocking yeah that was uh kind of my first uh, six months after bcom were were like that and it's so interesting because a lot of the people that i've been speaking to for this podcast itself have come up with very similar themes. It's you sort of, you have all this structure and then you, you crash because you're so burnt out in a way. Um, and you kind of have to rebuild yourself back up. And so what was it like for you then going from a very structured sort of clinic type scenario and even in the UK where it's very, you know, regulated by GEOSC and you have influences from the IO and things like that, going to a country where essentially sounds like it didn't exist. It was nice on the one hand, because first of all, nobody's telling you what to do. Uh, and then you, you, you kind of faced with that dilemma of what, what do I want to do? Uh, and I remember there were, there were a few uh, individuals in our school that were always uh, developing uh, in different directions, especially in your year uh, and you yourself, you know, you, you came from a physical, uh, uh, I'd say a physical movement or, you know, exercise structure, and you already had kind of a direction that you came with a base from. And I had that a bit less. And really you're, you're kind of now wondering, okay, well, what can I do? Osteopathy is so wide. Um, and that's a bit scary because there's no one to help you. Uh, but for me, it was, it was really liberating. Uh, and at the same time, I, I felt a bit disappointed with, with, the educational system, not specifically from BCOM, BCOM is an amazing place, uh, but I think the way with, you know, the whole regulation, regulatory bodies uh, that manage the educational system that we go through, uh, we basically got a ticket to enter a profession, uh, but then after developing as a, as a practitioner or as the therapist, that's, that's, that's on you. Like uh, you do your thing. 
so there was a, a learning curve there of, you know, how do I communicate what I'm doing? How do I explain to people what osteopathy is? Uh, there was nowhere other than copying other sites that I could see, you know, how to explain it. Because uh, the, the UK definition of what it is and what it can do is something that I don't believe 100% with or in. So how do I say? And then again, I'm so paranoid about, you know, claims and what osteopathy can and can't do. I believe it can do this, but I'm not allowed to say that, uh, which if you're in a country where it's not regulated is amazing because you can really say anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I was kind of uh, just, you know, searching around. The, the really difficult part of that is that you have no patience, uh, you have no income. Uh, you have no real practice uh, to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and another thing that I don't know if a lot of people talk about is that after four years of having other people, you know, move you around, even if it's just, you know, uh, HVT happy or trigger happy students that just, you know, crack you here and there, uh, I was missing that physical contact. All, all of a sudden, nobody was touching me. Hmm. Uh, nobody was listening to my body. Nobody was cracking me. Nobody was meting me. Nobody was giving me visceral osteopathy. Uh, yeah, it was it was challenging. Yeah, and so one of the things you said was, you know, you were seeing these patients in clinic, and you know they're in pain, and they offload a lot of energy or displace a lot of energy onto you. How did you hold that space for yourself, where I can imagine for a lot of people, that's a hard thing to do. Uh, yeah, I imagine it really is. I think during the time while it was happening, there was so much happening outside. So we had school, we had exams, whatever, that I didn't even notice that it was happening. Hmm. Uh, after when I felt it, I, I felt that I couldn't treat people. Uh, it was just, it was too much. You know, I, I couldn't listen to people with a clear head. And uh, the way for me to do it was to take distance. And I really, while I was trying to adapt and, you know, discover how do I do this and how do I do that? What do I write on my page? Do I need a website? I really stepped back from osteopathy and from everything that uh, I felt was related to that. So I didn't see any patients. Uh, People who really, you know, even friends and family that wanted, I, I referred them to other people because really I felt, okay, I really cannot listen to anybody's problems right now. Uh, and for me, it was just time that, uh, that did that. You know, I, I started missing it after a while, uh, which I, I think is a, is a healthy process. Like, uh, I think the, the the thing that I would like to develop there is the ability to, okay, now that it's your profession and now that you do it, how do you stay clean? And that's something I, I, I have no idea I'm, I'm, I'm working on. I, I hear meditation helps, but uh, I, I still find it challenging. I was looking through other uh, medicinal therapies a, a bit more uh, to the esoteric kind of energetic healing and energetic cleansing because they... They do take a lot of emphasis into saying, okay, there's, these are energies. And if you call it energies or just patience uh, or just being full from hearing too much, it doesn't matter. It's essentially for me the same thing. And kind of, uh, you know, self home care exercises of how to not take too much 
of what you're told uh, personally, because we do hear some pretty uh, harsh uh, stories. Yeah. And I think that's such an important aspect of an osteopath's journey to tell, because often what we see, especially on things like social media is, you know, you graduate, you open a clinic and everything's great and everything's easy, I want to say. And obviously that's just one aspect of it. But I think taking space is something that a lot of people that I know, especially the people that I graduated with, did as well. To the point where yeah. some of them are still taking space, which is good for them. Yeah, I, I still, you know, I'm still not uh, back into it. Uh, I cannot see more than, you know, five, seven, ten patients a week. Uh, it's just not something that I, I can do. I uh, came into uh, study osteopathy because I, I read that it was it was like kind of white magic. That it was kind of like a, a bright, uh, uh, mystical art uh, that could give you really the keys and the tools to uh, working with the, the human body. Uh, and I feel that a, a lot of the educational system, as well as probably in every other profession, you know, it's, uh, it gives you very basic tools uh, and then kind of throws you out there. And, and I felt in the end a bit, you know, well, where's, where's the magic? Where's the, where's the Marvin Waldman in me that can now, you know, treat pneumonia and help people with their heart condition and not just uh, really support their their back pain but really you know help them get better uh, and uh i was i don't know if you remember uh, james dawson who was who was a, a year above me and I, I was lucky enough to uh, have him as a good friend and he he was always you know pushing uh more and more into pushing me more and more into searching for more and reading more around the the traditional literature and uh, then I, I did the the io course at the in the last year at bcom and for me there was a there was a huge uh, benefit in connecting to these uh, circles and getting access to old literature and philosophy of osteopathy uh, because it, it connected to me back uh, again to kind of a sense of purpose that we are actually we actually study in hold the key to a, a, a complete philosophy on on health and for me it was super helpful to when I did feel like I needed space and I couldn't do what I was trained to do uh, it really gave me a lot of hope and a lot of uh, inspiration uh, to go into those uh, uh, so I mean I can just recommend to anyone who does feel frustrated in the end of kind of where they are and what they know and what are the opportunities uh, that the, the foundation and the knowledge uh, is there and you don't really need somebody to teach you. You can, you can read, you can philosophize with yourself and theorize and you can just go. Yeah. That's really interesting to hear because I mean, I, I, what would you, where would you send people or where would you, what would you recommend to read if people are feeling that way that they want to connect to the, the real grassroots of osteopathy and how this, like you said, this magic 
sort of developed and how sometimes we lose that over time? Well, uh, the two books that did that for me in the beginning was, uh, uh, first of all, the, uh, the philosophy of osteopathy uh, or kind of the foundations of osteopathy by Still, which is, you know, super out there, super old, but the, the guy's belief in, you know, what can be done and the details of attention and really uh, as much as he was a doctor and we know already that a lot of things that he said were, were, were inaccurate to this or that extent, but the, the way he looks at it and the way he talks about it and the way he, he gives the, the, the philosophy, because we're, we're never really speaking about the philosophy. Uh, we, we are taught, uh, you know, rule of the artery, uh, bodies uh, is uh, the, the foundations, all these, all these, these, these courses, but we don't philosophize about what they really mean. And they hold within them, like the rule of the artery, you could, you could take that and talk about it for years. Uh, and that's, that's a really good, uh, that, I mean, I don't know if it's really good, but it, for me, it was, it was a really inspiring point to try to read, wow, this is actually pretty wide. And then the, the philosophy of uh, natural therapeutics. Uh, I don't remember if it's the philosophy or the foundations. Uh, that was a really cool book. Uh, that smashed everything that we were talking about, you know, as far as germ theory and what disease is and what health is and what macrophages do and all these ideas. And you say, whoa, there's a whole other perspective on these things that might not be uh, accurate uh, physiologically, uh, but as a way of thought, as an approach of things, uh, is is really interesting. And yeah, those are the two that I that I, you know, go back to again and again. Yeah, and it reminds me of conversations I would have with Andy Mansfield when we were in clinic, and how passionate he was about the philosophy of osteopathy and how he wanted to make sure that that was still passed on to the next generation of osteopaths. And I, I, I remember feeling, we don't necessarily, we're not taught that necessarily. No. And it's such a shame, I think, because it's, it's so rich in its history. And sometimes we don't realize that. Yeah, and, it, and it's very, very inspiring. Like you can actually, you can practice all of that in clinic. You know, and you don't, you're not doing anything dangerous. It's actually even more subtle than what we've learned. And you can think about it while you're doing it and see how it feels and what your patients, how they respond to it. So it's, it's really, it's really amazing. Yeah. Currently you live in Switzerland now. Yes. Um, and you formed your own company called Chiara Naturals. Yes. What inspired you to, to do that? But, well, it was a combination of kind of a graduating uh, going through those periods of not knowing what to do uh, and then starting uh, to develop my, my, my clinic and it, it was going quite well. Uh, and then I, I, my, my co-founder was a really good friend of mine. His name is Boaz. Uh, he's a clinical herbalist. And I came from this approach of like, we don't need anything. The body can heal itself. We just need to remove all the barriers and, you know, balance a bit here and there, uh, and it will happen. Uh, and then I got exposed to, to, to plants and how actually human beings have the same we've evolved with food. We've always evolved with plants. 
we they, they are part of us we have been using them and cultivating them and manipulating them to help us uh, from from the beginning of time uh, the same we did with food uh, so I was kind of, okay, so there's, there's food is okay to use. I was taught to use that, but I was never taught about this whole other world of, of plant medicine. And, and for me, it became like a, a really strong click of how they actually complement each other. Osteopathy, plant medicine, and here's something I really believe in. And uh, the amazing thing about plant medicine is if that you do it right, you can actually uh, reach many more people. So whereas I was doing, you know, five, six treatments, maybe 10 treatments a week and seeing 10 people and maybe those 10 people, you know, talk to their family and friends and get them a bit on a different direction and they can help them if I did my job correctly. Here is a tool that you can get out to thousands of people a day. Uh, very basic, very basic screening questions, very safe things. Uh, fitting to osteopathy in the sense that they don't override like allopathic medicine or medication they simply support and unlike other consumable things which was a big issue for me what i we're just going to make things for people to buy more and more and more no they they actually uh have just like osteopathy they have therapeutic effects uh valerian root which is used for sleeping uh not only helps people sleep but it helps them uh, helps the recovery of the adrenal glands uh, and basically gets them better. Uh, so they need less of it. Uh, and that's kind of what uh, made me and, and Bobo and Boaz want to uh, open this company so that we could actually uh, get holistic. And I really like, Bicom, we really don't like this word holistic, but I, I really like it now uh because it's it's a kind of a, a looking at the person as a whole and you can ask them a few general questions uh take a look at their medication see that everything's okay and you can basically give them a product that uh over time treats them and makes them feel better and that for me uh was really the the, the core reason to do that yeah and one thing when i was doing my research on on your company is is you know, the range of products that you offer are really extensive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just looking at your website alone, it's like, it's a stunning website. Whoever does Thank your you. website design, bravo. Like it was really easy to navigate, really aesthetically pleasing to read through. Um, well, thank and you so, very much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, one of the first things that people will come up on, like, how, how easy is it to, to look at your website and how easy is, is it to order and things like that. Um, so one of the things that I saw was that, you know, you had a lot of extensive types of products. You know, you mentioned Valerian Root. You also had a lot of CBD products on there as well. I wonder if you can talk a bit more about that and, and especially for people who aren't aware of them or aren't familiar with them, what it is and what it entails. Uh, okay, so first of all, thank you for the uh, compliments and your feedback on the website. That's very good. Uh, that was definitely the intention. Uh, so CBD, which is uh, short for cannabidiol, is a derivative, is a molecule that's found in the hemp plant, uh, which is a, a strain specifically that's uh, uh, called cannabis sativa L. 
and we all are very familiar with THC from cannabis, uh, which makes us high uh, and gives that kind of uh, euphoric uh, sensation. Uh, so CBD is, uh, is another molecule, with, which is another cannabinoid. So THC is a cannabinoid and CBD is a cannabinoid. And they are just uh, have different effects. Uh, they work through similar and some different receptors. CBD specifically, there's over 140 different cannabinoids in, in cannabis. So there's many different active ingredients in different levels. And CBD is uh, by far after THC is the most abundant. Uh, and what it does is it binds to a specific receptor or a few receptors within uh, the nervous system. We have a, another system that's called the endocannabinoid system. So we miraculously uh, have evolved to have a set of receptors and pathways in our nervous system that are dedicated to uh, cannabinoid-like molecules that come from cannabis, which is uh, just on an evolution, you know, nature uh, evolving together with humans uh, point of view is pretty incredible. There aren't many uh, molecules that we have separate systems for. Uh, and this one comes from a plant that happens to be uh, so controversial and so popular at the same time. Uh, we also have our, our endocannabinoids, so our own cannabinoids, um, which this system is basically, uh, was discovered before them. That's why they were called uh, endocannabinoids. Uh, so CBD works through the endocannabinoid system. And because it's part of the nervous system, uh, it works as a nervous system regulator. Uh, and because we know that the nervous system has a part in everything, uh, the process of the nervous system and how it regulates and controls and communicates everything within the body is, is key for everything. And CBD will, uh, will uh, bind to a receptor, either CB1 uh, or CB2. Uh, and what it does is it really regulates uh, the nervous system as opposed to what we learn in osteopathy, where we either stimulate or downregulate sympathetic, parasympathetic, uh, these things that we need to decide, uh, plants are, uh, are very different. Uh, plants are extremely intelligent. Uh, they don't need us to tell them necessarily, especially if we're looking at, at complete plant extractions and not isolated molecules, they don't need to, us to tell them, okay, do this, take it up, uh, downregulate this, they actually come into the body and the body knows how to use them in a way that just balances. Uh, so uh, CBD downregulates uh, sympathetic nerve activity. Uh, and it does, through that, it does a plethora of other uh, actions. So it, it reduces inflammation. Uh, it helps with general vasodilation to reduce edema. Uh, it actively, uh, the endocannabinoid nervous system downregulates uh, pain uh, signaling in the central nervous system. So uh, you take CBD for your uh, orally for, uh, for your knee pain, but it actually helps with general uh, pain perception. Uh, and it also works on a local level on uh, nociception and, and, and kind of pain fibers. So it's a, it's a really terrific uh, substance. Uh, there are a few other cannabinoids like CBG or CBN uh, that already work on a completely different level. And they uh, don't just bind to the cannabinoid system, to the endocannabinoid system, but they already uh, bind to 
uh, cells within the gastric system and the intestines uh, and already have completely different actions and it's 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 a world yeah. and the the amazing thing about it is that because it's plant plant based uh, one uh, to date there's no there's no uh, substantial evidence to support any toxicity uh, there's there are no uh, true hard side effects there's sometimes people feel a bit drowsy or you can feel a bit tired, which in many cases is what it's used for. It's used to enhance sleep. Uh, and the beauty of, of it is that if you combine it with other plants, uh, so we have this one plant or this one molecule CBD that downregulates the nervous system. Uh, but then we have uh, another plant like uh, Bacopa munieri that is an adaptogenic that helps recover the nervous system. Uh, and you add to that, just like we said before, valerian root, which uh, uh, helps the adrenal glands recover and helps uh, uh, sleep, you get a, a holistic treatment uh, in this one formula. And it's, it's amazing. And that's kind of what we do with Chiara is we try to take, uh, because, you know, Silva, we were in clinic for, for so long, we saw so many people uh, and read so many studies about what people are really suffering from. You know, there's back pain, there's neck pain, but then there's all the other side that we didn't really talk about in osteopathy, which is sleep, anxiety, stress, uh, uh, female reproductive uh, organ problems or conditions. Uh, and these are really, these are up there. So uh, you take plants that have been used for hundreds of years, new plants that are just uh, becoming popular like CBD and cannabis in general. And you can formulate things to really give people uh, a combination of, of, of solutions. Uh, it's just like you don't wanna throw an HVT on everything. Uh, you don't wanna throw just CBD on everything. There is ways to do things better for every problem. Uh, some products don't even contain any CBD because it just has no uh, apparent effect that is supported by any evidence. Uh, and that's where we kind of like uh, attempt to use other plants to give people various solutions. I hope I answered your question because I can talk about this for hours. I, I could listen to it for hours. <laughs> Thank um, you. It's fascinating. <laughs> You're very kind. This isn't the stuff that we're necessarily taught about. And it's obviously people like you who have an interest in it or have researched it and gone and developed your own sort of companies or, or products that have become the experts in the field. So we're just sitting here wondering, why didn't we know about this when we were in clinic? And how does that help you in terms of your treatments, your osteopathic oh, treatments? It's, 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 uh, I want to say it's crazy because it really is. Uh, so the difference, uh, for example, between doing a, a soft tissue treatment, uh, doing it just, you know, me with my hands and my uh, palpation skills is amazing. Uh, but then I can take uh, a bunch of other uh, plants, just the most famous one being Arnica. Uh, and I can use it. Uh, and it's not just uh, a hype or a product. It actually has a physiological effect. It reduces inflammation. Uh, it blocks 
uh, uh, TNF-alpha, and it reduces interleukin release, and it causes local uh, vasodilation on superficial level and vasoconstriction on other levels. And it's, it's really amazing. Uh, and the treatments become, you know, three times, four times more effective. Uh, and I mean, the, the plants are, are there. Uh, and as uh, I would call myself part of, uh, you know, nature healing, right? We're osteopaths, we, we, we kind of do the natural uh, therapeutic way. Uh, when you get to know plants and when you study plants, uh, you connect more to that natural uh, window of, of tools. Uh, it's amazing. The human body can do anything on its own, uh, but it's really nice to, to get some help. Uh, and there's sometimes, uh, you know, after we've had an aggressive treatment or a strong treatment, uh, I won't say aggressive, but strong, uh, I'll give uh, my patient some pain tincture to just make sure, okay, you're going to be sore after this. Uh, there is no benefit uh, that I can see of you feeling that pain. Uh, I'm not going to involve uh, myself in the inflammatory process because that's what we were trying to stimulate. I'm not going to involve myself uh, with fluid dynamics. So we're not going to do anything for uh, vasodilation or constriction because that your body's taken care of. But the pain that you're going to feel, uh, you don't need to. Uh, so I give you a bit of that and it doesn't last you all the time and it doesn't block the pain completely because I don't want to disconnect you from the pain, but I want you to be able to enjoy the, the physical relief that you've gotten now. I want you to be able to get home without feeling too much aches and pains. And I want to give you the best set of tools to uh, get the most out of what you just paid for. Uh, and for me, that's, that's been a huge change of, of attitude. Yeah, and in that way, it seems very complementary because it's all about holistic healthcare. So, yeah, it, it's a, it's a it's an interesting topic because uh, when you when people buy products, the same as like when they come to osteopathy, you know, they they want to get cracked, they want you to HVT, they want to feel that something happened. It's the same thing when they buy a, a pain tincture, they want to feel hit by a hammer and numb. Uh, and you can give it to them, but that's not really what we want to do, right? We want to, we want to support uh, something that's happening anyway, not interfere. Uh, so it's really difficult to, the same way you tell your patients, listen, I, I really don't want to dig in there with my elbow. It's not going to do anything. Uh, it'll actually in the long term, it's just going to get you to come back again and just want more of this. Uh, so that's kind of what we try to, to, to keep as a goal. Yeah. And one of the things you just mentioned that I found really interesting was that, you know, you, you said we don't want to one block the pain. You don't want to disassociate the pain and you also don't want to get rid of the inflammation because that's what you want. And you, you want to stimulate because that's how the body heals itself in, 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 in a way. But it's what I get from, you know, the, the philosophy of osteopathy, you know, it's, uh, it's whatever the body is doing, it's doing it for a reason. Uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, everything, uh, is happening for a reason. <laughs> I mean, physiologically, uh, at least, uh, and if there is inflammation, uh, then there should be inflammation. Uh, granted, 
it might be exaggerated. The body might be already in such stress and imbalance that you know the, the response is disproportionate to what is actually needed. So I wanna I wanna help with the experience that I get from clinical practice or from the research or from colleagues. Uh, I wanna uh, to you know to help regulate that. But first of all, plants do it uh, intelligently right away. But uh, we wanna let those processes happen. Uh, pain is not a uh, warning system. It's an intelligent communication system that we've developed over millions of years. Uh, if we take that away, uh, we're taking away something super valuable. Forget the simple things that uh, might actually cause the person to get injured again because they don't feel any pain uh, or they could just keep doing what they're doing that's causing them the pain. Uh, you take away uh, a, a feeling. Pain is, is an experience. Uh, it has something to teach us. It's, it's there for a reason. Uh, and you take that away as an osteopath or as a herbalist or as any, as a doctor, uh, and then people don't have to listen to themselves. I mean, how many times in BCOM do you sit with someone in clinic and they tell you their lifestyle and you're like, oh, if you just went for a walk, you know, once a week, two times a week. I mean, this would all be different. Uh, the pain is not there to bother you. It's there to tell you, dude, get up and, and go for a walk. Uh, and if we take that away, uh, it's good for business because they're always going to come back. Uh, but first of all, it's boring Yeah. Uh, as, a as a practitioner. Uh, and it's not really helping. in my approach yeah this is the i'm just speaking in my perspective no it's and it's fascinating because we always talk about movement being the intervention and being the sort of the facilitator to make that change in the body and yet a lot of people at least patients that i've come across sometimes have been resistant to do that or adopt that or when you just say go for a walk and they look at you like well i don't need a specific exercise to activate this tiny muscle in this tiny way i'm like no just go for a walk enjoy it breathe some fresh air get some sun and swing your arms about yeah i'm telling you if you if we could uh, use a, a, a gps app to track patients uh, movement and then you could tell them, listen if you go for a walk three times a week and you send me your 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 kind of tracking i'll give you a 20 percent discount <laughs> you better believe they would do that i, I you know it could, you they could it's a possibility i don't know if they would but uh i think you know it's it's yeah and one thing that i came across when i was looking at your website and doing my research in general for this this podcast interview was the how exponentially this whole market has grown, especially with, with the CD, CBD aspect. And one thing I saw was that there's, there can be almost this saturation of products. And so how do you differentiate, you know, between the ones that are more high value or the more potent ones versus the ones that you would might buy off a shelf somewhere else that you don't have that understanding of? That's a really good question. And that's uh, something that people are constantly uh, asking and want to know. Uh, so first of all, there is, it's a, it's a huge market. It's, it's exploding. There's a overabundance of products and possibilities, especially in the UK. 
uh, first, uh, I recommend to always uh, go for high potency. So you see these labels on CBD products that they say 5%, 10%, 15%, 20%. That will usually correspond to the amount of uh, milligrams that uh, the, the product has. So if it's a 10 ml uh, bottle and it has 1000 milligrams of CBD, of actual uh, active CBD, it will be a 10% oil, right? Uh, one gram of 10 ml, roughly, it doesn't really work out like that, but it's roughly 10%. Uh, I would always recommend to go for the stronger products. Anything under 20%, uh, one, you're, you're paying too much per milligram. And two, uh, the actual amount that you need to, to feel something uh, is a bit bigger. So we're looking anywhere from uh, you know, 50 milligrams to 300 milligrams, depending on the person. Uh, and uh, you really want to go for the higher strength oils. Uh, basically, if you're taking a 5% a oil, you're basically kind of throwing money away because uh, it won't really work. And we get a lot of people that come to us saying, listen, I tried it. It doesn't work. What did you try? Uh, a 5% oil. Uh, it cost me 30, 30 pounds uh, and it doesn't work. It's garbage. And then you give them something that's you know, 10 times as strong, but only costs, uh, you know, twice as much uh, and it changes their lives. So first of all, high potency, 20% or more, 2000 milligrams or more, uh, that's where you want to go. Uh, second, there's of course, uh, quality. Uh, at the moment, there's no regulating body that does uh, uh, CBD or cannabis related stuff. The only standard that you can go for is a good manufacturing uh, practice or GMP for short. You'll see on the packaging or in the websites GMP. And this basically is a, is a quality standard of production. It means that all the raw materials are checked and screened. It means that the manufacturing process is consistent. And it means that you're actually getting what you buy for, what you buy. Uh, and if you don't have that GMP, you could be buying... Uh, uh, 20% oil, which is actually a 3% oil. Uh, so that's, those are the two uh, main things that I would go for as far as product assurance. And then I would also say, you know, buy from a company that you trust. Uh, buy from someone who stands for the uh, values that you uh, stand for. It's a saturated market. There's so many options. Uh, you can buy bio, you can buy organic, you can buy locally grown, you can buy recycled, just, you know, we have an opportunity uh, to take a world of consumerism uh, and actually as consumers and as producers push it in the right direction. Uh, let's not turn it, turn it into another, you know, just cheap consumerism. We can actually, because uh, it's still made in Europe. Uh, like we can still buy you in the UK could probably buy stuff that was grown and manufactured within 50 kilometers of you uh, or within Europe. Uh, so let's keep it that way. Uh, let's keep the quality and let's keep it, you know, supporting local communities and make from recycled materials. Uh, that's uh, for me, 
I mean, that's what I would recommend always. One thing that I've noticed is because information is so readily available, one, it can be a little confusing. So I appreciate you being able to clarify that for me. But also consumers are getting smarter. They, they, they choose to spend their money wisely. It's not just that they'll buy anything off the shelf. They'll research it for days or weeks. That's what I'm like before I even make a purchase. And so being able to share some of that information, I think, is only going to help people make choices that are going to benefit them in terms of what products they need. Absolutely. Uh, and another thing that we tell people that do use uh, plant medicine in general, but specifically CBD, uh, if you, or you know, we could say that also for osteopathy. Uh, if you, you tried it and it helped you, uh, tell other people. It uh, doesn't matter if it's, if it's from the same therapist or the same brand, doesn't matter. Uh, just tell them that it helped you. Tell them that you know, that treatment was, you know, I didn't feel new, but it helped me 15%. Uh, that's, that's like the mission that we're all a part of. Yeah. And that 15% can be huge to someone. Life-changing. Yeah. You don't have Absolutely. to have a whole new body. You just need a, a you know, a regeneration of something or a mindset that it's helping and you're getting on with the rest of your day. Yeah. And so one of the things you mentioned before was, you know, you talked about information, you talked about sort of sleep problems and you talked about valerian root. What are the other things or conditions that people might come to you with that you think, okay, these are this type of product, which could help you. Well, there's a, the, the overall leader and understandably so is anxiety. Uh, anxiety is, uh, we at BCOM, we see that lower back pain is like the, 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 the new real uh, pandemic of the world, but actually anxiety is topping that one by, by easily. Uh, some people who suffer, from back, who suffer from back pain have anxiety, but loads of people who don't have back pain suffer from anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so anxiety is, is definitely up there and osteopathy has a lot uh, to offer there. Uh, everything that can support uh, uh, parasympathetic activity, if it's visceral osteopathy, if it's uh, simply, uh, you know, uh, rib raising, uh, there's so much to offer there. If it's breathing exercises, uh, this is really, 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 if you talk to anybody in your clinic uh, for a musculoskeletal issue, and you dig a deep, deep, a bit deeper, nine times out of 10, you're going to find some uh, overstimulated anxiety-like situation. Uh, that's, that's huge. That's what we're seeing all the time. Yeah. And do you think that's just a, a byproduct of, of the way we live now? Or is this something that contributes to because this heightened state of anxiety? I suppose it's a question for anyone, really. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that. I mean, that would be just my personal uh, personal opinion. Uh, I, I do definitely see the times now with, you know, with COVID-19 and uh, isolations and insecurity. People are losing jobs. People are stressed. People are, you know, fearing other people uh 
I think, you know, anxiety has become, uh, you know, coffee, breakfast, and anxiety. That's, that's, that's how the morning starts for many, 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 many people. And uh, I, I don't know if it's related to our uh, culture, lifestyle. I think that's a bit, uh, bit over my head. Uh, it's just, you know, it's day-to-day things. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting because I was talking to um, another osteopath who I graduated with and she's seen a lot of patients come in and she's, you know, as we're taught to do, we, we check the medications and a lot of them are taking antidepressants. And it's interesting because when she asks like, oh, how long have you been on it? March, April time. And yeah. it just makes so much sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there are, there are plants to, you know, that do the work incredibly. Uh, uh, one example, just in case people are thinking about it, there's uh, Siberian ginseng, there's Korean ginseng, uh, there are reishi mushrooms, uh, there are cordyceps mushrooms. Uh, these are these four are amazing to kind of give you that that, that little bit of extra power to you know not fall into that. Uh, depressing or kind of down loop and not to see the morning as gray Uh, so that's that's definitely something that I can recommend if you if you like I can I can send you I don't know if you have like uh, links or something on the yeah we can put some links in the description nice we I can give you some you know some reading material about these plants and how they can be used used and how amazing they are really that's fantastic yeah because and so if someone were thinking okay you know I have you know, this got sudden condition, I've been told like a certain plant-based oil or, or, or a tablet might help. What do they need to do step-by-step? Step? Do they need to just research? Do they need to speak to somebody? What's the process? Well, uh, I would, uh, if you were recommended a specific product, uh, I would first talk to the, manuf- to the brand. Uh, if there is... Uh, I mean, because we come from a world of, uh, of colorimetry medicine, we, we give consultations, we are, we are there with the people. A company that is selling you uh, holistic products uh, should be doing its best to offer you a similar kind of support. Of course, it won't be the same, sure. uh, but they should be there to talk to if it's live chat, if it's email, if it's phone, and they should be able to give you all the questions uh, answer all the questions that you have or to honestly refer you to somebody who does. I would personally uh, say, you know, I think everybody should have their personal uh, therapist, their natural therapist. Uh, osteopaths, I think, would be best, uh, but maybe even a panel uh, that, that they could call. But uh, definitely uh don't over search things as far as specific products online because uh, you'll get to this and that website with this and that reviews. Uh, I'm going to say that 98% of them are paid for. Uh, so definitely to either contact uh, the brand or the manufacturer directly. If they can't give you these answers, don't buy from them. Uh, you have all the options in the world. Uh, and you know, the most basic thing is uh, it'll save you money. It'll save you time. It'll make you feel better. Go to an alternative therapist. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of having a panel 
because you don't rely on one person for everything, but everyone has an expertise in their field. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what we're trying to do with uh, Kiara Naturals. You know, you, you can contact us uh, via email or chat or phone, and we have uh, herbalists, we have osteopaths, we have uh, TCM practitioners, Ayurvedic doctors. Uh, and whereas one might not be able to answer your question, you can forward it to somebody else, and you can send us in your uh, your medication, your, the prescription you're taking, you can send us in your exercises that you're doing. Uh, and we see if we can help you. And if not, we try to point you in the right direction uh, where you could get help. So what I'm hearing, it's, it's, it's really something quite special that you've created and developed. It's not just a company and, you know, you've got a website and you've got these products <clears> and you're selling these products. It sounds like it's, it's a team and almost a community that you've put together to allow people the space to ask questions, to develop their thinking, to allow their expertise to shine through? Well, well we're trying. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a project. Uh, it takes time. But yeah, at the moment, we, we offer those basic things uh, of communication, uh, information, uh, and uh, you know, it's like we had in the clinic, and this is something that we bring very, very clearly uh, into our company is that if you should be sent to get help, uh, we want to make sure that you, if you do contact us, you know, it's very, you can't contact everyone. Some people, you know, they just do their shopping online. They don't bother. Uh, some people never follow through, but whoever does in the end uh, uh, open themselves up to you to make sure that, you know, they get what they need. Yeah. Uh, even if that's not with you. Yeah. And so where can people find your products? Where can they go? Uh, well, the best place is to go to our website, which is caranaturals.com. Uh, if you go there, you're very welcome to, you know, use the live chat. Uh, the phone number is there. Call, call in the live chat. Uh, read around. Uh, if there's anything that you're curious about that you're not getting information-wise, we can get it to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, and if you're, if you're a therapist and you're looking for, you know, a way to get into how do I get plant medicine to people, uh, also contact us. You're welcome. We are working at the moment. We're in over 30 clinics, uh, supporting practitioners in getting plant medicine to their patients. If it's from us or from other providers, it doesn't matter. Uh, if it's hemp related or non-hemp related, also, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's really, we're trying to spread as much of this as possible. And as therapists, as osteopaths, uh, especially in the UK, you have such uh, authority and, and power with people uh, that you really have a lot of influence uh, on how uh, people respond to things. Uh, so if my osteopath recommends uh, you know, squats or deadlifts, that's great. And if he recommends, you know, a plant that can help me uh, in a different aspect, that's, that's super powerful. Yeah. And just as important, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the way some clinics have like, you know, ice packs or things like that on their shelves, it'd be great to see these plant-based medicines displayed on these shelves and given just as much importance and impact.
with patients. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, the great thing is that, you know, it makes happier patients. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's the, what we all want in the end, I think. Yeah. Well, I really want to thank you for spending the time just for, 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 for starters, just educating me on all of this, because if I'm, <laughs> I'm I can't, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who doesn't have enough information or hasn't been exposed to enough of these things and this information. So I appreciate you spending the time with me and just talking to me about it. Well, Sivan, I appreciate you reaching out and for your interest and for the space. And I think what you're doing is really, really cool and important. Thank you. Uh, and I really wish that I would have had your podcast to listen to when I graduated. Me too. Well, not from a narcissistic point of view, but yeah. <laughs> I just hope you're, you're ready for the influx of emails and calls. Hopefully you will be getting because I'm sure people will be interested. Well, in, in six different languages, you guys are welcome. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Warren. Thank you, Sylvan. We'll put all the information down in the description box if anyone's um, interested and you can get more information from there. Well, thank you so much and have a lovely day. You too. Thanks.